0: You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I invited my friend, Dr. Mike Belkowski back on the show. He is the CEO of BioLite, my favorite red light company, and he's released a new product called BioBlue, which is a methylene blue product that I am totally in love with. I wanted to bring them on the show so we could talk all things methylene blue and red light. They are two of my favorite tools that I use for boosting my mitochondrial health, and they work synergistically together to do awesome things inside the body. Dr. Mike and I always have a great time talking and nerding out and learning from one another, and this episode was no different. I learned so many new things, and I know you will too. Let's jump in. Have you ever looked at how much sugar is in most food bars today? Many of the popular brands have more sugar than most candy bars, and they're sold as health foods. Another ingredient most folks don't consider are the nasty artificial sweeteners or sugar alcohols used to sweeten them, all of which can wreck digestion. While I wasn't keen on food bars for a long time, last year I got turned on to Paleo Valley Superfood Bars. Paleo Valley Superfood Bars are made with 100% grass-fed bone broth protein, and they're full of collagen, which supports digestion and makes joints happy. Plus, they're sweetened with just a touch of monk fruit extract. They're gluten free, GMO free, sugar free, and dairy free, but also loaded with superfoods. Paleo Valley superfood bars come in a variety of delicious flavors, and the dark chocolate are easily my favorite dessert snack. Listeners of the Dr. Tina Show can save 15% off right now by heading to paleovalley.com forward slash Dr. Tina. Be sure to use that specific link, which you can also find in the show notes, and the discount will be automatically applied. Right now for fall, they even have a pumpkin spice bar that's outstanding. Head to paleovalley.com forward slash Dr. Tina and save 15% off now. Electrolyte imbalances are so common and can cause symptoms such as headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog, dizziness, weakness, and more. I finally committed to using electrolytes daily and wow, have I noticed a difference in my energy and my performance in the gym. While I've tried nearly all the brands, my current electrolyte of choice is Element. Element helps anyone stay hydrated without the sugar and other dodgy ingredients found in popular electrolyte and sports drinks, and it's so tasty. Grapefruit salt is my current favorite flavor. Element has everything you need and nothing you don't. That means science-backed electrolyte ratios with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I've teamed up with Element and they've been gracious enough to offer a free gift with purchase to listeners of the Dr. Tina show. The free gift Element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect offer for anyone who's interested in trying all of their flavors. They offer a no questions asked return policy on all orders and you don't even have to send the product back. This offer is exclusively available for Dr. Tina show listeners. So be sure to use the link in the show notes to take advantage of it now. Dr. Mike Belkowski, thank you so much for coming on the Dr. Tina show yet again. You are a return guest and you are the CEO of BioLite, my favorite red light company. And you have come on today. We're going to talk about methylene blue and your new product and red light combo. So I'm very excited to have you.
1: Dr. Tina, thanks for having me on as always. It's always, <laughs> it's always fun when we get together and have a little conversation.
0: I know we do. We talk about good stuff. It's always, I've been on your podcast a few times and it, we always get into good conversations. So this one will be no different. So you recently were so helpful to me. I had that skin cancer scare. Thank God it was negative. And I immediately went into research mode and started researching red light for skin cancer. I mean, I was just trying to cover all my bases. So I reached out to my smartest friends. You were one of them. And I was like, hey, what do you know about this? And you were so gracious to help. And then you mentioned that you guys were just releasing this BioBlue product, this methylene blue. And I got very excited. You sent me some, and I've been using it. I love it. So I've also got my favorite BioLite unit. Are you guys discontinuing this one?
1: Um, in a sense, yes. Just because we're upgrading to a newer model of the Shine. So yes. Um,
0: I love this. I mean, one. if you want to
1: discuss that, like, yeah. So the the quote unquote newer Shine, which is going to be officially released here probably in November. Um. Aesthetically, it looks nice. I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but functionally, um, it has more LEDs within the exact same surface area as the one you just showed us. So instead of 12 LEDs, there's 15. So you can argue the pros and cons of that. Um, But equally, or maybe most importantly, is there's a third function because with yours, Tina, you can do red and near-infrared combo. And so every other... Um, row is red and then the alternate rows are near infrared, correct? Yes. Whereas, whereas on this new shine, when you do the red near infrared combo, all LEDs, all 15 LEDs emit red and near infrared at the same time.
0: Oh, fancy. Okay. So okay. So that, yes.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's one aspect. And then what I was ultimately getting to is there's a, um, fourth light setting because you can do red near infrared combo you can do red light only if you're treating the skin or you can do near infrared light only if you're treating deeper tissues like the brain or organs what have you Um, but the fourth setting is red and near infrared combo plus 40 hertz pulsed frequency and that 40 hertz seems to be good for pain reduction amongst other things but uh, mainly pain reduction So we're integrating this pulse frequency into our, into that shine, but also our panels. In the panels, you can manually choose from zero hertz, if you don't want pulse frequency, up to 10,000 hertz. And there's various frequencies like 20, 30, 40, um, 100, and and beyond where uh, they each have their own individual benefits. So we're starting to get into this pulse frequency uh, health aspect of light as well.
0: Oh, that's so cool! So, are the is the pulse frequency available on the older units I have, or just on the newer units going forward?
1: Just on the newer units going forward. It's a, it's a newer um, innovation, and oh. so it's just a, a new iteration for these uh, upcoming products we're we're releasing.
0: So cool! I love the smaller size of this. I think everybody should have a smaller size red light. I love my big panel, absolutely, but this thing is portable and it is so user-friendly like it goes everywhere on my body you know and I can utilize it for virtually everything I and I know I you and I have talked in the past and if folks want to hear about specifics they can listen to the other episode we'll link up here your past episode but I actually like the near-infrared heat emission and I like putting it up against my skin in certain areas when I have pain or whatever it is um and I you've talked about how maybe that's not the best like maybe we want it actually away from the skin to some degree. Am I am I breaking some rules here?
1: No, you're you're combining I think a couple of different concepts. I think um more so along the lines of you don't want to combine red light therapy with infrared sauna therapy because it's the heat of the infrared sauna when it gets to a certain temperature and it's not that high, it's like 80 or 90 degrees um that if you have a sauna that has those red lights, I would call them more so for ambiance. But if you have the red lights in there, or like you, I think you've tried even with our restore panel to kind of use that while you're in the sauna. Uh, based on a recent interview I did with Dr. Praveen Arani, who is a one of the more uh, res- well-respected photobiomodulation researchers. So, so someone who's literally um, on the ground floor researching red light therapy. He told me on his interview this past summer, I mean he he brought this up to me that you should not be combining infrared sauna and red light therapy because the heat from the infrared sauna inhibits any benefits you think you're getting from the red light therapy. So it's not like it's a negative thing like you're causing negative side effects, you're just not getting the red light therapy benefits you may uh, think you are getting. So simply just separate them apart. You can do them in the same day, probably within an hour of each other or 30 minutes of each other, but just don't do them in tandem.
0: Wow. So don't use the heat with the red light. So if I'm using this panel, does that mean do, do one or the other? Or does it not matter? No, on no this? because
1: those devices don't put off enough heat Quote unquote heat. I would call it maybe more of a warmth. Yeah. when we're talking like a deep, deep uh, detox like an infrared sauna, that's more so the heat we're talking about.
0: Yes. Okay. So don't put the red lights in your sauna. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I, you're the first person I've heard say that. I feel like you mentioned that. Did you put a clip of that in, on your Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I saw that. Okay. No, this cements it. Well, so I do use these up close and I I don't get as close to my big panel as I do this little guy. But these little guys, and then you have the glow unit as well. I put those right up to my skin often. I mean, I'll use them. I'll use them frequently, actually. The little holder they come with, I'll put them right down on my desk, right in front of me, right where uh, between myself and my keyboard. And I'll just shine it up on my thyroid just to kind of blast my neck and thyroid. So I like that option as well. But anyway, all that to say, these little units... Kick ass, and I think everybody should have one. They're super handy and multi-purpose. How does the methylene blue interact? Like, what, how is this improved with red light, or is it? Am I speculating?
1: No, you're spot on. They are major synergists with each other. So they each have their own set of health benefits. They're they're quite similar, but they operate uh, differently mechanistically. Um, and we can get into the health benefits of methylene blue, but a lot of it is working on mitochondrial health. And then, of course, red light therapy, we know that's what that's what it's working upon as well. And so, um, essentially, when you combine the two, it's like pouring gasoline onto the fire. Like the fire are the benefits of the mitochondrial boosting properties, increasing energy, decreasing inflammation, improving circulation, so on and so forth. But again, when you combine them together, it's like dumping the gasoline on onto that proverbial fire, um, a couple of cool things about methylene blue uh that I think people should know and it's it's almost it's mind blowing even as I say it um methylene blue selectively uh it has like an innate intelligence, meaning it knows like once you consume it, whether you consume it straight from the dropper uh, or if you combine it or dilute it with some water, it doesn't matter once you consume it, the methylene blue helps the cells that need it most. So when you consume it in your body, it selectively helps the the cells that are most uh, metabolically inefficient or metabolically dysfunctional, which is just another way of saying uh, mitochondrial dysfunction. So for whatever reason, and I don't know how or why this is, but again, it selectively targets the cells that need help the most. Secondly, um, even regardless of that first statement, the preponderance of the methylene blue does accumulate in your brain, which is why you see all of these amazing brain health benefits as it relates to methylene blue. And that, that's um, depression, it's uh, PTSD, dementia, anything neurodegenerative, just boosting your, your energy and mood and, and cognition. All of that happens with the consumption of methylene blue. Um, it, it's
0: so good for cognition. I've used it for years and I love how it, I mean, it's not great when your mouth turns blue and you have to get on video. <laughs> so I didn't drink it this morning, but it, it I mean, it seriously kicks But to the point where my husband's like, Hey, where's our methylene blue? Like, where's the, where's the blue stuff? <laughs> Cause it just turns your brain on and it makes, it turns you into a machine. It's great.
1: Yeah. And just like red light therapy, um, in the sense that the, the less energy you have at a cellular level or the sicker you are, the more of a benefit you're going to notice. Same thing with methylene blue. If you're metabolically inefficient, so you're low energy at a cellular level um, and we know that our brain is the most mitochondrial dense tissue, meaning it's the most energy intensive tissue in the body, then lo and behold, when you add something that is going to boost the health and function of the the mitochondria, it makes sense that your, your brain is going to Uh, see a lot of those benefits.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good in the morning. It's good with my coffee. I feel like there's a synergy between caffeine and methylene blue. Do you know of any?
1: Um, I don't know if I would say synergy, but um, just based on what I've read, and this is a whole other um, rabbit hole if you want to go down it, but one of the main reasons why methylene blue has so many benefits is because it's a nitric oxide inhibitor. Oh, which, goes against, which goes against the common theme that, that I grew up with, which is nitric oxide equals good. Right. Well, actually, nitric oxide equals unhealthy. And again, that's a whole different diatribe we can go down. Um, but all of that to say, two of the most powerful nitric oxide-inhibiting metabolites are methylene blue and caffeine, So a lot of the benefits you're getting from caffeine are actually from its nitric oxide-inhibiting properties. What happens when you start consuming nitric oxide? You you get this acute benefit, and it truly is a benefit. You get that more energy. You truly get that vasodilation. Uh, And all this goes back into the late 1980s, early 1990s, when chemists or, or whomever were in the laboratories developing Viagra. And then Viagra came onto the scene And the big, um, the hero of that uh, drug is nitric oxide, leads to vasodilation, leads to increased blood flow. And then shortly thereafter, well, during that whole uh, hullabaloo of of Viagra, of course, the mainstream media ran away with that. The scientists took that to heart. And it was like nitric oxide equals good. Nitric oxide equals healthy. Nitric oxide equals vasodilation, which equals good. But that's only part of the story. And we'll, we'll get to it here in a moment. Then we have, shortly after that, the bodybuilder community. They run away with this whole concept of nitric oxide and vasodilation and how that gives you a bigger pump and how it gives you more oxygenation and all this stuff, which is inherently false. And again, I grew up on this paradigm. So when I learned this not too long ago, my world got flipped a little bit upside down and sideways. So the thought process is you consume nitric oxide it causes vasodilation. That's supposed to improve your circulation. It's supposed to improve your oxygenation, and all as well. And again, that's true in the acute phase. And acute can be a couple of weeks, not necessarily hours or even days, but it can be a couple of weeks where you see this nice benefit from consuming nitric oxide. But then the the uh, benefits kind of disappear. They kind of fall off the cliff, and. Um, when you start consuming or you have excessive nitric oxide on a consistent level, it actually becomes a neurotoxin. It actually increases cardiovascular health diseases. It increases your chances of ALS and uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and anything neurodegenerative. And again, that's nitric oxide in excess. Nitric oxide is a is a normal byproduct that our, our body produces, right? But again, when you're consuming it in excess, like these supplements or like I was doing these pre-workouts or these drugs like Viagra that promote nitric oxide production, it's actually causing uh, degeneration to your body. And wow. a couple of decades ago, there was the nitric oxide theory of aging, just like there's a the free radical theory of aging. Nitric oxide is a free radical. It's literally an electron stealer. And so people that have been following me or, or listen to my podcast, and we talk about raising your voltage, and that just means getting as many electrons, accruing as many electrons as possible. And that could be from food, it could be from supplements, it could be from grounding, it could be from red light therapy, it could be from anything truly that benefits the mitochondria. Well, again, NO or nitric oxide is a free radical. It's an electron stealer. So even from that fundamental level, it's like, well, it's probably not good for you. To bring this full circle so it makes a little more sense. Um, And again, remember, methylene blue is a nitric oxide inhibitor, which is why we're talking about this. So nitric oxide does cause vasodilation, but it also inhibits oxygen from entering your electron transport chain, which you need that oxygen to produce ATP. ATP is your token of energy. And so, again, if we have excessive nitric oxide, that means more and more of your mitochondria are dysfunctional. And then you go down that that whole rabbit hole we talked about in my previous uh, interview with you where you want more energy per cell because more energy per cell equals health and vitality. The less energy you have per cell or the less ATP you have per cell, the more disease you have per cell. So, again, if nitric oxide is continuously um, disallowing oxygen from coming into that energy producing factory, then, then if it's an excess, you're decreasing your body's vitality your energy production. And so anything that inhibits nitric oxide is going to thus allow oxygen into that electron transport chain, produce ATP, and your mitochondria are happy, your body's happy, so on and so forth. But in a nutshell, that's the argument against nitric oxide. And that's the main one of the main um, reasons why methylene blue does what it does so well.
0: Okay, so question and, or just thoughts. In the ozone community, so I used to be into ozone and I, I still love ozone, but putting ozone into joints and you know, using ozone therapeutically, the idea is if you introduce these free radicals into the body, then the body's endogenous or internal antioxidant system will kick up and kick in right? So you're like actually inducing your own antioxidant process. And that even goes into the whole taking exogenous antioxidants isn't necessarily that therapeutic as we thought it was. Like the data around that lately is like, well, it's not really doing anything. What we want is our internal endogenous antioxidant production happening. So two questions. One is, not to steer away from methylene blue, but <laughs> if what if you're just naturally really low in nitric oxide, so you're taking a little bit to kind of hit baseline, maybe not, and of course, no one knows what's excessive and what's baseline. And then number two, would there be, do you think potentially any upside to bringing oxidants into the system to induce that endogenous antioxidant system? What do you think?
1: Great questions. The first one, I know of of certain protocols that are predicated on increasing your nitric oxide level. And I haven't had the time or, ironically, the energy to go down that rabbit hole and see what the thought process is about testing your nitric oxide level and trying to increase it. Because, again, based on what I've read relative to methylene blue, you actually do want your nitric oxide levels low. Uh, To your second question yeah, the whole premise of methylene blue is inhibiting nitric oxide production. Um, and again, this is kind of an argument or not even an argument, but a conversation I want to have with people that are more well-versed in this area. I don't necessarily want people that are dogmatic about nitric oxide, but I guess you can learn their point of view regardless. But I'm honestly curious, like what what's the answer here? Because nitric oxide is just a gas. It's, it's a signaling molecule. Um, and free radicals are... are normal uh, consequence of energy production. And so just as a byproduct of producing ATP, you're going to have free radicals, which to your point, those are signaling to produce your own endogenous antioxidants. Um, So to your question, like, does something like ozone or something else that um, leads to increased endogenous antioxidant production? Is that the question?
0: Well, yeah, just... Uh, what Just your thoughts, and it doesn't have to be, you know, just in general, because yeah. I know you're well-versed in, in this topic to some degree. Just the idea that we're inducing oxidant production purposely so that we can bring up our own endogenous antioxidant oxidant production. <laughs> that's a mouthful.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I got you. I mean, that's the same thing as just like um, building up lactic acid, which is um, acidic, and you don't want acid in your body at high levels on a consistent basis. Right. Um, but you work out, you build up that lactic acid, and then you come back a couple days later and your muscles are stronger. So
0: it's, it's kind of like
1: wolf's, Yeah, it's kind of exactly the hormetic stress response. So I think there is a time and place for it for sure. And I think, again, the the crux of the conversation with this nitric oxide is chronically high levels. Right. I don't think you want zero nitric oxide because again, <laughs> we we need it to to live. Um, it, it's a signaling molecule, but you don't want it to be high, chronically. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, that's my concern with chronic use of Cialis or Viagra for for folks. Like, I had several patients who were grandfathered into my practice when I took over for my mentor, and uh, several older men, he- really healthy guys, but they definitely loved their Cialis and Viagra prescriptions. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that all the time. Not sure that's a great idea. So anyway, let's, I didn't mean to steer us so far off path. So methylene blue inhibits nitric oxide production. So we know the benefits there. And then what else, and it helps with mitochondrial function. So that would mean it would help get more oxygen into the mitochondria, I'm guessing. 100%. Okay. Okay. So that's cool. And that's that's
1: literally kind of like the same or two ways of saying the same thing, like by inhibiting nitric oxide, you're improving mitochondrial function and energy production.
0: Yes. Okay, that makes sense. And then uh, how does this synergize with red light? Or is that just because they're both similarly working on mitochondria?
1: Exactly. They're working similarly on mitochondria, just different mechanisms. They're both actually inhibiting or um, not necessarily inhibiting, but they're dissociating that nitric oxide. And this gets a little geeky sciencey, Um, But for oxygen to get into the mitochondria to produce energy, there's something called the cytochrome C oxidase, which is the chromophore, meaning it accepts light. Um, Thus, once once red or near infrared light hits that chromophore, uh, cytochrome C oxidase, that nitric oxide is dissociated, meaning um, oxygen can now get in. And so that's what red light therapy is doing. Methylene blue is just doing that from a substance standpoint where it's literally inhibiting nitric oxide production. Um, they're both extremely powerful, um, I mean, in that sense, reducing inflammation, improving circulation, and, and kind of to, just to finish the thought on nitric oxide, the reason why the fact that it's a vasodilator, which is true, does not mean it leads to increased oxygenation is because of this concept of um, it capping the cytochrome C oxidase and not allowing oxygen in. So it literally vasodilates and it may improve circulation, but it does not improve oxygenation to tissues. Um, the, the best vasodilator for our body is carbon dioxide. So carbon dioxide vasodilates and it oxygenates via the Bohr effect. And so that's kind of the interesting story here is that they're both vasodilators, but only one, meaning nitric oxide or carbon dioxide, only one of those two actually oxygenates the tissue.
0: A question I get often is about all the different forms of magnesium and what's best for what. I feel like it's all gotten way overcomplicated. Even for me, it's been overcomplicated. No one needs seven or eight bottles of different forms of magnesium in their cupboard and not know how to use them. And sure, while certain forms may be better in certain situations, can we all agree that simply getting one's magnesium levels up in the body is a good thing? Magnesium was depleted from our topsoil decades ago, and now over 75% of the population is magnesium deficient. Considering it's a key nutrient for healthy immune responses, it's a non-negotiable mineral for me at least to double down on going into winter. I've recently discovered a full spectrum product called Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. It's a blend of seven different forms of magnesium along with vitamin cofactors and humic and fulvic acids. Magnesium Breakthrough helps improve digestion, supports muscle recovery, and supports healthy bone density. Simplify your life and your routine with this all natural, full spectrum magnesium supplement. Head to magbreakthrough.com forward slash Dr. Tina and use promo code Dr. Tina at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's magbreakthrough.com forward slash Dr. Tina, promo code Dr. Tina to save now. Hey guys, I've been using an incredible supplement for brain support and I wanted to share. Rise by Cured Nutrition is a nootropic blend of functional mushrooms, adaptogens, and cannabinoids that will leave your brain firing on all cylinders. It contains a blend of lion's mane, cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and broad spectrum CBD. Let me just tell you, I've been using all of these herbs and ingredients for a long time and I love them all. So to have them all in one place is incredible. I initially started taking Rise by Cured Nutrition because perimenopause brain is real and after reading over the label, I was sold. Rise by Cured also contains broad-spectrum CBD, which aids in balancing the supplement, as many of these nootropic-focused supplements can be a bit overstimulating. So including the CBD in there helps avoid this. Right now, Cured is extending an exclusive offer to you, my listeners of The Dr. Tina Show. You can grab Rise for 20% off by visiting www.curednutrition.com forward slash Tina and using coupon code Dr. Tina at checkout. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com forward slash Tina, and coupon code Dr. Tina to save 20%. Isn't it funny? Everything has such a specific role that we think we understand, and then we find out it does all these other things, and it's like, I don't know, I want to kick my early 90s science education out the door, but then there's so much there that was valuable and still, you know, applicable. It just makes you it just makes you think we can't, there's no, uh, there's no end note to this. You know, we have to constantly be educating ourselves. And I share this because I was talking to my husband the other night saying, I was shocked at how few of my colleagues keep up with research, you know, and like, I feel like that's the job of a doctor. Like that's part of our job is to stay up and we can't stay up on everything, but we certainly should stay up on the things that are important and at least common, right? My mentor always taught me like, stay abreast of what's common. So really understanding the most commonly prescribed pharmaceuticals, really just staying abreast on what's happening. And I think that we don't do that, but there's so much of this information coming out, like NAD, like that's such an interesting topic too. And- how necessary that step is and everybody went rushing towards NAD production. But also on that note, I found studies showing that excess NAD plus production might be not so good. So there's, anyway, these are, it's like new info on old theories that we need to keep up with. And yet we still don't know.
1: (laughs) Ever evolving, ever evolving.
0: Yes. Ever evolving is the word. Um, is there any impact on NAD production with red light and methylene blue? Do you know? Um, or that pathway? No,
1: that's a good question. I, I don't know specifically about that pathway. It certainly wouldn't hurt it because, again, if you're improving the the functioning and the um, the health, so to speak, of the mitochondria, you're kind of helping boost its ability to function altogether. So, um. Mitochondr sorry not, not mitochondria, methylene blue does seem to help ramp up uh, the NAD to NADH ratio, so there is some uh, potential benefit there. But I don't, the, the the amount of research in methylene blue, and this isn't to say there isn't a, a, a healthy amount, but there just isn't as much compared to photobiomodulation. Um, and as you can see, we've actually added some NMN into our product. Um, it's not to the amounts that you would take, let's say, if you're taking a NAD supplement on a daily basis. It's kind of a um, low dose. It's just another way to boost mitochondrial health. And um, if you see at the bottom of the ingredients on on BioBlue, there's fulvic acid. And that's the ingredient that helps uh, drive all of the ingredients deeper into the cell theoretically and that's kind of one of the main uh, proponents or one of the main benefits of fulvic acid is that it drives anything you're consuming an- ingredients or foods or what have you just deeper into your body so you absorb more and so it doesn't take as much um, kind of speaking towards the NMN it's not like there's a high dose of NMN in the bio Blue product but with a fulvic acid it probably gets a little deeper
0: yeah and then you have got liquid gold and liquid silver nano liquid gold and liquid silver can you talk about that
1: yeah, so either of those have their own pho- uh, photodynamic properties uh, with, and they're also called, let's say, colloidal gold or colloidal silver. Same thing, nano, okay. nano gold, nano silver. Um, so there's some brain benefits. There's some cognitive benefits, anti-inflammatory benefits with, with the gold. And again, it has its own set of photodynamic properties. Same thing with silver, um, except that has some more, let's say, antimicrobial properties, some wound healing properties. Um, and then its own set of photodynamic properties. So, so since we're kind of building it around this mitochondrial health concept backslash red light therapy synergist, we just wanted to add some um, ingredients that would enhance, again, the, the target towards mitochondrial health. And for those that want to use methylene blue with red light therapy, adding that gold and silver would also enhance some of those photodynamic properties.
0: I love that. It's so cool. We're like little uh, photosynthesizing beings. I tried to tell people that when I was back in medical school. I was running around in 2008 telling people that our mitochondria photosynthesize. And they all laughed at me. Wow. They all called me names. I didn't have the science. I just knew it. I was like, based on what I understand, so mitochondria are bacteria, guys, for everyone listening. People don't realize that. Mitochondria are symbiotic bacteria that live in our bodies that we would die without in a milliseconds. So that's crazy. And when I learned that, I wrote a whole paper on it. I was like way ahead of the wow. curve, Mike. I I yeah, that's wrote impressive. a paper 15 years ago. Oh, oh, no, I mean, I wrote a paper about mitochondria When I was in undergrad, like in the early 90s, I was writing about... Because I was blown away that mitochondria were bacterium. I learned it in one of my basic science classes. And then... I wrote another, so I, that was like check, you know, that was an early adapter on that one. <laughs> there were a couple other things I did that sort of like prefaced my life coming. But anyway, I'm looking right now. So for, I mentioned the CERT one pathway for folks who don't know, it activates mitochondrial signals and pathways regulating the expression levels of genes, crucial for the proliferation and ATP production. And then I looked up methylene blue and it does activate the CERT one pathway. So that's pretty rad because the that whole pathway, I just did a podcast about fatty liver and that whole pathway is really critical to fat deposition in the liver or you know, keeping it safe actually. So when that pathway goes sideways, we start packing on fat and we specifically start packing on fat in the liver, which is not good for anyone who hasn't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. So this means that potentially, and I'm looking at this study right here, that methylene blue may actually help with fatty liver and through that pathway, which is really cool. So
1: mm-hmm. we're
0: well, not talking about huge... promoting or uh, treating anything, but it's just nice to know how we can support certain right. pathways.
1: Well, and also one of the biggest things about methylene blue, and I don't know if you know this yet, Dr. Tina, um, methylene blue was the first pharmaceutical drug ever.
0: I think I did know that.
1: And is as an anti-malarial. Yeah. And this is back in the late 1800s. So it's a major, major antiviral, um, profound results. I mean, people, there's some case studies of people getting cured in 48 hours with like a dose or two of methylene blue, just like a dose you or I would take. Wow. Nothing huge. Um, And so then it's powerful when you combine red light therapy and methylene blue for like the West Nile virus, Ebola, Zika, herpes, um, hepatitis A. So, as far uh, as far as like an immune boosting, or if you want to call it an antiviral, it's extremely, extremely powerful by itself. But even more so uh, when you combine it with red light therapy.
0: Well, and it's antibacterial too. You know, at my age, I'm I'm heading on to fifty, and there's definitely some cognition issues happening. It's I don't know, it's pre perimenopause. Who knows what it is? But it it's definitely a thing. That and I only notice it because I'm a really high functioning academic, like I am a high functioning, high brain person. I've always had a lot of pride in that. And so I don't think most people notice their cognition wavering because they're most people aren't actually trying to perform at a really high level cognitively. You know, I'm not dissing anyone. It's just unless you are actively in that world, you don't notice when your brain isn't working like it used to. So, I've noticed that, and I know that methylene blue really helps me with that. Um, it's something I cycle. I don't. I cycle everything. I don't stay on anything for an extended period of time. I always cycle stuff, and however many months I cycle is depends on what I'm doing. Usually, it's like 90 days on, you know, a month off, whatever, because I want receptors and everything to be clean, but. The other thing I've noticed in this age group is as our estrogen is dropping, a lot of women will end up with vaginal atrophy. It's super common. It gets worse with stress. And that vaginal atrophy can be treated very successfully with some topical estrogen, but that's a pain in the ass. Um, But it's still like a a necessary treatment that I think most women are having withheld. They're not getting that discussed by their doctor with them. And so they end up with this sort of low-grade chronic UTI thing that persists, mm. especially if they remain sexually active, which I hope they do. Um, so I love methylene blue because I've always had UTIs. Like I, once, you're, once you have a bad UTI, you're kind of prone to them for life. It sucks. So I have a propensity for them. And the thing I've noticed about taking methylene blue regularly is that absolutely no concern with that. Like it staves off UTIs and it's shown in the literature to do so as well because it's so antimicrobial. So it's plus adding in that, uh, I mean, colloidal silver is another one that I use for that. So that's an awesome side effect. Ladies, if you're listening, I know that a lot of the listeners to my show are my age, they're middle-aged women or older. Um, Go get your doctor to hand you some topical estrogen for your vagina and for your vaginal tissue, so it doesn't atrophy and shrink away. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, because it leads to chronic UTIs for a lot of women, and they don't realize what's happening, and those can go systemic and kill you. People don't realize this. A lot of old people die of UTIs, and the older you get for some reason, the less symptomatic you become. So a lot of folks in my practice, I took care of a lot of geriatric folks, and they had no idea they even had a UTI, men and women. So... All that to say, methylene blue is a wonderful cognitive protector and it'll give you this awesome side effect of helping you not get potentially viruses and bacteria systemically, but also urinary tract health. So that's a good one. We like that. Um, that's my side rant. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs>
1: well, that's, a, that's a good rant though. That's a good rant.
0: <laughs> oh, speaking of genitals, uh, red light down there. Do you want to talk about that? I I have long known that red light to the testicles, improves testosterone production. Um, yep. I would love to, if you have any more information on that, I would love to talk about that because I just think it's a great <laughs> treatment to just shine on your shine on your nether regions.
1: Did we talk about this last time or not? Do you remember? I
0: don't know. I don't remember if we did.
1: <laughs> so this is like my boilerplate answer so I don't have any updated information, Dr. Tina. Okay. Um, there's like nothing in the research. There's no PubMed articles. There's nothing. Um to your point, the more people I've talked to, either personally or or I've seen on Instagram, they tout the testosterone boosting benefits of red light therapy. So as someone who is offering it as a product, it's not like I am. I'm, I'm basically telling them what I'm telling you, which is there's no research behind it, but there's a lot of strong anecdotal evidence, and I've even had some um, people show me the results when they use their, um, not twenty three andMe, but what is a what is a panel that a popular panel people take that shows testosterone? Um,
0: oh, I don't know. The Dutch test? No, that- I don't
1: know. It doesn't matter, I guess. But anyway, they showed me their levels and the inflection point was insane. It's like, this is literally when I started red light therapy and my testosterone was like,
0: are they using it up. all over their body or are they using it on their testicles? Both. Oh, wow.
1: So they are, they're, they're doing like full body treatments, but they're also um, intentionally treating uh, their testicles for testosterone. Uh, boosting properties and like without a doubt they're seeing the results
0: wow that's amazing oh here's so funny i pull this up i type in red light on testicles testosterone into google and it says one medical professional who spoke to verify said red light could do more harm to testosterone levels than good it's so funny the 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 propaganda (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny. Well, the reason I found you and your company, BioLite, which I love, is because I was looking for a red light company and I ran into a friend who lives locally. She's a follower and she was pregnant. And I know that she'd been trying to get pregnant for a long time and she had some health issues. And she was like, it's the red light. I've been using this panel. Mm. She gave her other competitor brand away to her parents and she started using your buy. I think it was the desktop version. Yeah, yeah. Um, And she got pregnant and she swore by it. And so I have been looking into red light and hormones and, you know, you're right. There's not a ton of literature on it, but it's anecdotally people are reporting great things.
1: Well, not to keep harping on nitric oxide, but um, excess amounts in your body actually leads to decreased testosterone. So how ironic is that, that it was a uh, pre-workout for the bodybuilders? back in the day and probably still today, right? Like they're promoting that it increases the pump, it increases, increases muscle gain while it actually increases or decreases your um, testosterone and increases your impotence.
0: So does beer. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that in because beer is an estrogen tincture and it's no, it's like thought of as this like manly drink and it's right. really just a hoppy estrogen. Like there are a few herbs that directly promote a hormone and hops directly promotes estrogen from what I, mm. my training from what I understand. So yeah, keep your uh, nitric oxide high and your your uh, beer intake high. Oh, and marijuana does the same thing. Marijuana tanks out your testosterone. So wow. yeah, we think about all of these variables. And so does obviously metabolic poor metabolic health. I mean, that's like the number one. It's so weird. Exactly. We live in this country full of like very, very terrible metabolic health. And then people are pumping testosterone into them and not doing any of the other things to support their metabolic health. And then it starts to aromatase into estrogen and they wonder why these studies come out showing, you know, adverse effects. It's like, it's like putting a product into a dumpster fire. Yep. It doesn't go well. <laughs> the pathways aren't working, you know? So we got to do all the things people. And then we can use these biohacks or whatever you want, these tools, these, you know, these advantageous tools to get us closer to our goals. I do think though, as far as like an all-terrain product or treatment, I honestly like methylene blue is all-terrain. For real, on for I mean, this is like something I travel with little trokies, methylene blue trokies, because they yep. just get you out of so many pinches. Like the, it really is such a like you said, to the the antiviral effect, et cetera. And then this I travel with my little red light. Like the two of those are all-terrain vehicles for a myriad of concerns and potential benefits. So I'm a big fan.
1: Well, just to kind of piggyback on your thought process there, like the only two. Tools that we have, at least that we know of right now, that can dissociate that nitric oxide and thus allow oxygen into the mitochondria and allow that inner, uh, efficient energy production. The only two things that can do that are methylene blue and red light therapy. Really? Hmm. Wow. So again, at least use one or the other, but combining them together, you get that nice synergistic benefit. Um, but again, as far as restoring metabolic health or as far as restoring mitochondrial function, like those are the two. The biggest ones I can think of
0: that is such a good point you make folks don't realize that they you know I don't talk enough about it on my platform but really at the crux of everything is your mitochondrial health. So we can talk about, you know, eating more protein and strength training and doing all these things, which will help your mitochondria for sure. And adding muscle to your body will add mitochondria to your frame. But if you have very sick mitochondria, and that can be from a variety of reasons, you could be overly poisoned, which is not uncommon in today's society, you know, glyphosate, all the things. You could um, have had poisoning through pharmaceuticals that you've taken in the past. You know, we know the, the things like Cipro, which was handed out like candy in the 90s, big mitochondria poisoner. That's what being floxed is. Those are the fluoroquinolone drugs. So there's all kinds of ways that people end up with really poorly functioning mitochondria. I think you could probably be born into it. I was not in great mitochondrial shape when I gave birth and my daughter has a lot of symptoms of low mitochondrial function. So we want to build mitochondria and add it to our frame, but be muscle, but we also want to help what we have work better. And when you do that, metabolic health improves. And without that, metabolic health really just putters along. So the folks who are emailing me or DMing me saying, I'm doing, I'm trying everything. It's just not working. Um, maybe start with mitochondrial health at its core. And that includes going out and seeing, you know, getting red light from the horizon when you can. And I can't always in Oregon. So that's funny. This morning I was sitting with this adjacent to my eyes, you know, at eye level while I kind of went about my morning. Cause I'm like, I need my red light. Cause it's all cloudy outside. I can't, I still do go out there in the morning, even with the clouds, but that's a big one, you know, get, that's why we, talk about getting horizon light and that evening or afternoon, early evening uh, sun as it goes down because we want that red light. That's the point of it. It's a circadian rhythm setter, if you will.
1: Well, and to your point, all about the poisoning, that's actually one of the top things methylene blue is known for is um, it's being an antidote for chemical, uh, let's see, chemical poisonings and overdose.
0: Oh, wow. So whether...
1: So you're talking about all these different drugs or all these different, like, environment pollutants and poisons that we, uh, unfortunately, accumulate during our lifetime. Um, Methylene blue seems to be uh, a potent... Antidote. Antidote for all of that.
0: Yeah, I just... I just pulled this up. National Institutes of Health: Methylene blue can act as an antidote to pesticide poisoning. That's crazy. Well, so yeah, when you're talking about that's that's good um, news for me, I live out in wine country where I literally get sprayed. <laughs> I literally get sprayed. This field or the field behind me gets sprayed. I don't. Eat, between the two, I'm probably getting hit like four to six times a year with. Wow. Broadleaf killer or glyphosate—it makes me crazy if I think of. I just this morning actually took a urine test to test my glyphosate levels because I'm so concerned. So this is good to know. Anyway, go ahead. I was—I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, you. no,
1: that—that's a great like anecdote within this little diatribe we're having. It's like with everything that's being sprayed, or again, stuff you're breathing in or consuming in your foods that you don't even know that you're consuming. It's like to have these types of strategies, whether it's methylene blue or. Uh, sweating it out through the infrared sauna, um, what have you, just to have these myriad of strategies to detoxify or uh, mitigate the negative side effects. It's like you only have one body. You only have one lifetime. You got to make the best of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the side effects of chronic glyphosate poisoning are so bad. I did a video the other day on my Instagram. I took it down because people were so dumb that they couldn't actually process what I was trying to show them. They couldn't get to the end of this. I stitched a video together. The first video was a lady using tampons to soak up the grease in her while she was cooking ground beef. Like I, I would never do, I would never do such a thing, but people freaked. I I, I don't know what to do, Mike. People <laughs> literally freak out on me about everything I post. I thought it was funny. And of course, anyone who knows me would know that would I would not do such a thing. And it was commercial, right, right. like regular tampons. Anyway, at the end of it, I said, don't, you know be careful what you put up your hoo ha because these things are soaked in essentially i mean they're they're made out of cotton that's drenched in yep. glyphosate and of course people freaked out about that what do we use what do we do it's like i don't know think go to google start looking at options it's it's i, I <laughs> anyway um i have a beef with dealing with instagram and all of that but the point being is we're getting glyphosated everywhere it's everywhere. I know people who have lived an organic life, their entire life, organic food, organic everything, because they came from parents who were into that and understood from, so from an early age or maybe forever, and they still have, they go to, these are um, colleagues and they go to test their glyphosate levels in their urine and they're sky high. So, I mean, it's, it's unavoidable. It's just, we're just bathing in toxic soup every day. And I don't say that to scare anyone when you can finally accept that as a reality, you can start to learn tools to mitigate it because it's just a way of life. we just live in a on a planet now that is highly polluted and we can only do the best we can do. So again, methylene blue, all-terrain, all-terrain vehicle. <laughs> Gives us what we need. I like it. Um, does red light help the body detoxify? Does it help cells let go of garbage? Do you know?
1: That is not one of the first things that comes to my mind when I think of red light therapy. Okay. I'm not saying it can't or it doesn't. Maybe it helps perpetuate your other strategies like infrared sauna and otherwise, like it does promote circulation. So whether it's your blood circulation or your lymphatic circulation, it's going to help promote oxygen and nutrients in and the garbage out. So in that sense, but as far as like the deep down, deep detox that you get with an infrared sauna, it's a little different. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shout from the mountaintop, the red light therapy is this amazing detoxer. Okay. But again, it does help move stuff along and help normalize uh, metabolic health.
0: Yeah. Well, it helps with cellular metabolism and mitochondrial function. So that would help clean up cells it's a, to some degree. It's a
1: major immune booster. I mean, so that's not necessarily detox, kind of, you know, just a different vertical in a way. But um, when I think detox, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just think like sauna.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love my sauna. My sauna is my jam. I love cooking the crap out of myself when I am in my sauna. (laughs) I say it all the time. You know, I used to tell patients this. I used to sell those little zip up saunas that your head sticks out of. Um, I'll link my favorite one in the show notes to this. But man, I I sold those like hotcakes in my practice because I like when in doubt, go cook the crap out of yourself and then your lights turn on. And so, and methylene blue and sauna is an awesome combo too. There's a lot of upside to that combination. Totally. And just kind of stacking these things synergistically is really the the name of the game. So, yeah, I think that getting your sweat on is key. And then you got to go shower off, you guys. I always am lazy and I walk around with my, let my sweat dry on me and all my toxins are being <laughs> reabsorbed. Um, okay, I love- Let me
1: ask you this, Dr. Tina. Yeah, go ahead. Do you- sauna in the summer. I find it very difficult to do that.
0: I do too. I know I slacked all summer to be totally honest with you. I Yeah, slack.
1: me too. Like I enjoy the coolness in the morning. I don't want to get sweaty before the day gets hot. You know what I mean? It's tough for me to talk myself in, into into doing the sauna.
0: Yeah. And I hear this from followers who live in Florida or live in Arizona where it's hot. Ooh, They're yeah. like, I don't want a sauna. I live in, you know, like foreboding heat all the time. <laughs> so yep. yeah, I know. I, I think that just getting your sweat on is key. And honestly, getting heat shock protein induction and getting sweaty, which you could do with just going outside in some places or... Um, working, you know, get working out period, but working out in a warm environment, working out outside where it's warm. There's all kinds of ways that I think could be somewhat comparable, but infrared sauna does something different. And that infrared definitely is not, you're not going to get that as well you would from, I guess, early day sun or late day sun, you'd get some, depends on the time of day you go out, but, um i I promote a infrared sauna to folks for other health reasons, yeah, it's hard. it's hard. I like that sauna in the fall and winter for sure, and spring yep. to some degree, but when it's warm outside i'm I'm on it
1: <laughs> it's tough.
0: well, you listen to me, complain about Oregon all the time, so you know <laughs> it's it's beautiful, but it's rainy, so that's that's what we got here um. Well, I just love this. I love, I always love talking to you. It's always so informative and I learned so many new things. So thank you. And I really appreciate you coming on. We're going to put my link in the show notes. That link is an affiliate link, which will give these folks a discount and it's on the whole store, right? So the bio blue and the red light options that are in there. Yep. Okay. I love this. So you guys have a mouth device for dentition, right? Like a red light mouth device. I feel like methylene blue is really good for gum health, for gum and teeth health. I know it stains things, but I feel like just getting that antibacterial or antimicrobial is such a good thing to be if you guys can tolerate it, you know, swishing it around and actually use somewhat to get it in there. And then combo with that. I I don't have that device, but I could imagine. I was thinking like, how can you pair these things? I was thinking that device secondarily on top of it would be super cool.
1: That's one of the first things that came to my mind uh, coincidentally is like you have to put in your mouth. Um, I mean, there's trokies. I don't know if you've used trokies before where you have like these little, uh, um, what would you call them? Like almost not gum drops, but small little things you pack between your gum and your cheek so that it absorbs into your bloodstream, bypasses your your stomach and all that, your liver. But man, those stain the heck out of your teeth and tongue. Um, Like those stain a deep, deep blue for six, eight, 10 hours. (laughs) Whereas like when you use um, a liquid product like BioBlue, I find that it stains my tongue and teeth very little relative to those trochees. And maybe for 30 to 60 minutes, maybe 90 minutes, but I don't know if it's the same for you, Tina, but it dissipates relatively quickly.
0: It does. That is actually a huge upside. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the one thing that keeps me from taking methylene blue consistently is I was using trochies and then I would go about my entire day with a blue mouth and it was it's
1: such a deep stain. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. And it stains your teeth and my teeth don't need any more uh, help in it. <laughs> my coffee and wine, my life of coffee and <laughs> wa- red wine love really got me yep. on that dimension. So no, this is a great point you make. I love that. I love that about it um, because it is such a vital thing to do in the morning. Do you feel like taking it too late in the day could cause a little overstimulation?
1: So uh, that's what I've been doing as long as I've been taking it. And I don't find stimulation. I even like use my cocoon right before I go to bed and I fall asleep rather quickly. My HRV scores are high in the morning. Whereas I've heard other people, um, when they've been taking methylene blue in the evening, they almost get like a restless leg syndrome type of energy where it's tough for them to fall asleep. So just like when we're talking about red light therapy, everyone responds a little differently it's up for you to kind of try it out and kind of tease out what works best for your body. Um, and that brings up a good point that methylene blue has a half-life of about 12 hours. Okay. So you do want to take it twice a day if possible. Um, but again, if you're a person where it's not allowing you to fall asleep as as normally as you would like, then maybe you push that one closer to the mid or early afternoon just so you can fall asleep uh, more easily.
0: Okay. Really good information. I'm glad we brought that up because that...
1: And and, and just as far as like a safety thing, because for methylene blue, I think we should touch on is it's extremely, extremely safe. I've heard of um, no negative consequences or side effects. Um, Dosages even up to 400 milligrams a day is still considered in the safe zone. But for people like you and me, Tina, we're, we're taking like uh, 20 to 30 milligrams a day, which would be about 10 or 15 milligrams two times a day. So I don't know what you're doing. Um, and it's even these doses where we're in the research, we're seeing these major antidepressive uh, benefits and we're seeing these effects with uh, combating dementia or these neurodegenerative diseases. It's these low 8 to 16 milligrams per day. And so... The doses I'm taking are already at that or slightly higher. Um, All of that to say is, let's say you have come down with some sort of sickness. I'm not going to name a particular one. You might want to bump up the dosage from... I'm just going to use myself as an example. Let's put it that way. So personally, I do about 20 to 30 milligrams per day in water. I dilute it in about three to four ounces of water. Just chug it down. If I were to get sick... Um, I would bump that up close to uh, 80 to 100 milligrams per day for a string of days. And even that is still considered relatively low compared to what dosages can be. All of that to say is if you take it within, this is not medical advice, but if you're taking it in these common dosages, I'm not making these up. These are what are are commonly perpetuated in the methylene blue world. It's extremely safe. It's a it's an organic synthetic dye. It's used. I kind of hate to say this, but it's used in aquarium ecosystems. It's used in to stabilize life, right? So that's it's this interesting, odd um, metabolite, so to speak, that has all these amazing benefits. And just like red light therapy, I, I would see it as a as a low risk, high high reward as far as metabolic health.
0: Yes, absolutely, I agree with you. I remember learning about it in chemistry class because we used it to stain cells.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. They still do today.
0: Yep, yep. And that's not the kind you want to be taken. You don't want to be taking chemistry class methylene blue. You want to take a higher quality one, right? Yeah,
1: you got to be taking pharmaceutical grade. There's like three different... Um, qualities, I forget what they are off the top of my head, but it's like, yeah, like the stuff you use to dye your clothes, like like in the textile industry, then you have the stuff like you're using, I think, in the aquarium life or maybe even uh, staining slides. And then the stuff for for consumption, if you so choose, which is like that pharmaceutical grade. So yes. you have to be using that pharmaceutical grade.
0: Absolutely. And if you get this on your clothes it will stain them. And if you get it on your skin, it will stain them. So be careful. Uh, side note, I've done that.
1: Methylene blue is actually used in a lot of skincare products nowadays. And so this is actually, it's funny you bring this up. I don't mean to keep prolonging this conversation. No, but, it's interesting. Um, there's actually something called, that I think, a methylene blue, like a skin redox test where if you take a just like a pipette of methylene blue and you put a drop on your skin, if, if that drop is gone... Um, In quicker than six hours, it means that your cells were oxygen deprived.
0: Interesting. That reminds me of the iodine test that we used to do. We used to paint iodine on patients' skin and then see how fast that, that absorbed or if that stain remained. So it could tell iodine deficiency as well. That's interesting. Yep. Skin is cool. Skin tells you a lot. I love that. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you added that in. Okay. So where can folks find you? So that they can learn more about either sure, red light yeah. or methylene blue.
1: Yeah. So just check out BioLite on Instagram. It's Um, You can check out me personally. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski on Instagram, or you can check me out on LinkedIn, Dr. Mike Belkowski. The website is also BioLite.shop. So you can check out all the different devices Tina's been talking about, those handheld devices, the glow, the shine, or the bigger models if you want more so that full body uh, red light therapy treatment, which is what I promote for the systemic benefit of red light therapy. And the bio blue is on there as well. Um, and yeah, like, like Tina said, check out her link. So you guys can get that exclusive discount that she's offering through uh, for all BioLight products.
0: Yes. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Well, this has been so helpful. I learned a lot as always. And um, I'll let you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump up my dose. I was only doing like ten milligrams a day. So I'm gonna bump it up and I will let I will give you guys some feedback and you as well, Mike, to tell you how I'm feeling. Sure.
1: Keep me posted.
0: I love it. Appreciate okay. it,
1: Tina. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app.